0: Welcome to European Movement Ireland's Just the Chats podcast, where we chat to guests to discuss matters of importance and interest to Ireland, Europe, and beyond. My name is Noelle O'Connell and I am the CEO of European Movement Ireland. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome today's guest from our Just the Chats podcast, Neve Hodnett, Online Safety Commissioner at Comishun Naman. Neve, a very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Noelle. So Neve is currently one of five founding commissioners at Comishúnamhan and has uh, been in the role I think since March 2023, and she is Ireland's first online safety commissioner with responsibility for online safety within Commishunna Man and Commishunna Man recently replaced the former Broadcasting Authority, so it's the media regulator for Ireland. And some of the responsibilities include enforcing Ireland's online safety and media regulation act, including obligations around removing harmful content and leading public consultations to develop Commishunna Man's online safety code and designate platforms for regulation. And additionally, balancing safety, privacy and free speech considerations in the Khamishun regulatory approach. So a lot of responsibilities there, Neil. Yes, Noel, we're busy. <laughs> it hasn't been a quiet start to, to the role in any way. And just for our listeners, as we all know, as the Internet has grown, so of course has the spread of harmful content like cyberbullying, revenge porn, hate speech, etc., this, of course, has raised pressing questions as to how we balance online safety versus freedom of expression. Governments across the globe are grappling with regulating online platforms without compromising civil liberties like privacy and free speech. And Ireland recently passed an Online Safety Act and it charged the regulator, Commissionman Man, with enforcing takedowns of illegal material. But Commissionman Man has stressed that its role isn't simply to crack down on tech companies, but rather as well, uh, Commissioner Hodnett has explained that various rights all require balanced consideration rather than absolutist stances. And part of the Commissioner's work is to launch public consultations, engaging internet companies, NGOs and regular users in formulating effective but measured content rules. Different civil society groups have argued that safety by design approaches could help reconcile safety and speech concerns. For example, platforms might be engineered to amplify factual voices over misinformation without resorting to broad censorship. And of course, at European Movement Ireland, we value and really prioritize the need for open, for thoughtful, for engaged dialogue between all parties in crafting practical solutions and a core policy challenge as we look to the future is unpacking what measures or design tweaks that could make users safer online whilst preserving their ability to freely express opinions and Neve we're delighted to have you with us today for our Just the Chats podcast uh, i might start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself you've had a, a fascinating career could you give our listeners a short synopsis of your background and how you came to be Ireland's first online safety commissioner.
1: Sure, Noel, and thank you to the European movement, Ireland, for inviting me to speak today at your podcast. Um, I wanted to become the online safety commissioner as it's a chance to make a difference, uh, to improve safety in the online world as we move from self-regulation to effective regulation. I also get to shape the setup of a new regulator and to establish the basic regulatory building blocks for online safety here in Ireland. I've had the opportunity to meet incredibly interesting people and to get a better understanding of the issues concerning online safety and to think about how we can improve things from an online safety perspective from where we are today. So it's a role that uh, with a very much a purpose that aligns with my values. By way of background, I am a solicitor and wrote the book on regulatory law in Ireland. I have extensive experience in designing, enforcing and managing compliance with regulatory obligations in the online and communications fields. So my experience includes regulation related to online safety, data protection, cybersecurity, competition and consumer protection. My background, I was Chief Legal and Regulatory Officer at the National Lottery. Prior to that, Head of Regulatory Affairs at Three Ireland and a Senior Legal Advisor with Comreg, the Commission for Communications Regulation. I've also worked in a and in and been a Senior Associate with Matheson in Ireland and Mayor Brown in Brussels. Uh, prior to all of that, and we'll get to it later, I was a Stagiaire at the Legal Service of the European Commission.
0: Oh, very good. So that's where it all started. We're going to take credit for 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 you being a stagiaire. That's brilliant. Um what a fascinating career journey you've had, uh, Niamh, and certainly attest to your experience and expertise to be our online safety commissioner. But just for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Commission Oman and its operations and, and how did it come into being? Because it's one of our newest regulatory bodies, isn't that correct? That's right. So Commission Oman was established on the 15th of
1: March this year, 2023. And the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland was dissolved on that day and its staff transitioned into Commission Oman. I was also appointed as the Online Safety Commissioner on that day. So our work at Commission Amman is to ensure a thriving, diverse and safe online and media landscape where there's a mix of voices and sources of news and where our children and indeed all of us are protected from online harm. We took on the functions of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland as well as received a range of new functions in relation to the changing media environment such as under the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act, uh, the Digital Services Act and most recently the Terrorist Content Online Regulation. So my role as Online Safety Commissioner is to establish and enforce the framework for online safety. And I work closely with the wider team at Commission demand We're led by the executive chairperson. The team also includes a media development commissioner, a broadcasting commissioner, and a digital services commissioner. And we make all our decisions as a college of commissioners. We're currently in startup mode. It's very much like um, designing the plane while flying it, which is less than ideal. But um, if we were to wait until we we're fully functional and fully at capacity, before to take any steps, we believe we would deliver less public value. So we're very motivated to deliver um, public value, even in this startup phase at this point in time. We're growing our headcount from the 40 Broadcasting Authority of Ireland staff we had on Establishment Day. We're now approaching 80 staff as an organisation and we have sanctioned to grow to 160, which we expect to reach by mid 2024.
0: It's very ambitious. That's incredible. Really big growth there, isn't it?
1: Yes. So we produced, first of all, a workforce plan um, when we were set up first and we're now setting up our functions in line with that and we published our first work plan in June to set out our priorities for our first year of existence
0: Okay, oh, very good and, and just in terms, Niamh, just to, to take it a step further, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges ahead in the fight against online harm and, and how optimistic and confident are you that, that we can meet those challenges because I think the, the code has been published Friday the 8th I believe.
1: That's right, Noelle. So we published our first online safety code for consultation last Friday, the 8th of November. And this is a milestone for online safety. We're consulting on the code until late in January. And the code will be a binding set of rules that platforms have to comply with to reduce illegal and harmful content online. So this is very much the end of the era of self-regulation. Once the code is enforced, we will be holding platforms to account. I think it's very important to bear in mind it's not the individuals we're regulating, but the platforms that we'll be proposing to regulate. So the code will apply to platforms where you can upload or share a video. And it's a mandatory requirement that we would designate and develop an online safety code under the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act. Um, The harms covered by the first draft code are the harms that most people are concerned about. We met with them um, since we were established. We met with various different stakeholders to understand what harms are people most concerned about. And we also published a call for inputs over the summer in July of this year that ran until September, asking people what harms are you most concerned about and what measures should we take to address those harms in our first online safety code. And the harms are based on the definition of harmful content set out in the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act and also come from the Audiovisual Media Services Directive as well. So it draws on those two sources for the harms. And the harms we're talking about is content which is harmful to children, such as cyberbullying, self-harm, content that promotes eating or feeding disorders, content that promotes suicide or or self-harm, dangerous challenges and certain live streaming. There's also content which is harmful to adults and this is incitement to hatred or violence on grounds of protected characteristics on the basis of Article 21 of the EU Charter which includes gender, race, sexual orientation and also illegal content such as child sex abuse material, terrorism, racism, xenophobia and non-consensual intimate image sharing. And I know this is a lot of detail but if I may take us through some of the measures we're consulting on in the Code. So the Code will put in place binding obligations on the platforms to reduce harmful content and that's what we're consulting on. And the types of measures that we think can achieve that is age verification. So one of the measures we're consulting on is age verification. So for those who use the service um, to confirm that they meet a minimum age for that service, whether that be 13 or 16, we consider that self-declaration is not an effective form of age verification so effective age verification has to be put in place by the platforms um, we don't specify any particular technological or other form of age verification that's for the platforms to decide and to satisfy themselves so that they meet that requirement of effective age verification in a way compliant with their GDPR privacy and other obligations for a certain sites such as pornography sites or a site where a dissociable section of that site is devoted to pornography, the code will require robust age verification so that's enhanced age verification if you like to ensure that those who access pornography sites are over 18. Again we don't stipulate the measure to be used it's up to the platform. In addition to age verification, we're also proposing to introduce parental controls. So these would assist parents in keeping their children safe online, such as ensuring no contact by strangers to prevent grooming, time limits so that they don't spend their time overnight or too long a day on on apps, and having privacy settings defaulting to on so again that their privacy is protected. Um, We're also consulting on that the terms and conditions that a user enters into with the platforms would prohibit the uploading and sharing of the harmful and illegal content that I just described. Discussed, And we'll also be requiring the platforms to put in place effective measures for people to flag or report harmful or illegal content and for the platforms to inform people the outcome of their decisions in relation to that. And then we're consulting on the platforms having effective complaint handling measures in place which we will be overseeing so complaints will have to be dealt with in a timely and diligent manner and reports in these will have to be provided to us so our code is seeking to redress the ban so that the public can have confidence when they make a complaint to the platform that the platforms will be accountable for how they deal with those complaints. We're also proposing additional measures in relation to transparency of advertising and media literacy requirements in the platforms so that they would produce a, lead, a media literacy um, action plan There are certain other issues, and you raised them there in your intro, that we're concerned about. And while they won't be part of our first online safety code, we're consulting now about additional measures we'd like to supplement our first online safety code with. And they are measures, safety by design, as you outlined in the intro, and how to best address the amplification of harmful content by recommender systems or algorithms. So the algorithms are essentially computer programs running in the background, monitoring um, what's being looked at. And if you look at a particular type of content, then the algorithm can show you more of that particular type of content in your feed and these feeds can sometimes serve to amplify harmful or illegal content and become a toxic feed. So we're consulting on requiring safety considerations to be taken into account at design stage. We want the platforms to put the safety um, of users and in particular children front and central by using safety by design
0: that's really fascinating neven thank you for bringing us through the journey there and um, tell me when you say public consultations is that members of the public that for that you're looking for people to get involved and to have their say and give their view and perspective
1: Yes, Noel, we, um, we would be delighted to hear from members of the public. The consultation is running until the end of uh, January, but we'd also like to hear from NGOs, non-governmental organizations, public bodies, stakeholders, civil liberty groups, organizations such as yourselves here from New Ireland, everyone just to inform the best approach in relation to the code and also to be aware that we will be engaging with the European Commission in an approval process in relation to the code also. This process typically takes three months and I'm traveling to Brussels tomorrow to meet the European Commission and to consult with them on the draft code and the other EU media regulators, the ERIGA members um, to, because very much a lot of the large platforms have their EMEA headquarters here in Ireland. So we're regulating not just for Irish citizens but also for EU citizens so we have to take on board their views
0: wider. So just to take that another step further, Niamh, in terms of the platforms that you're talking about, is that is that does every platform have to register with yourselves or, you know, if you are a platform, you have to be registered? Is that is that is that the case or?
1: under the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act we are designating the services to which an online safety code can be applied so we consulted over the summer on designating video sharing platform services as a category of services to which an online safety code can be applied so these are essentially platforms where you can upload or share a video and we're currently in the process of designating the individual services that can fall within that category and that's likely to be largely completed by the end of this year and at that point in time we'll publish a register on our website website of the of the actual name services that fall within the category of video sharing platform services. So it's clear what platforms we're talking about.
0: Of course, we know in Ireland uh, being the EMEA headquarters for many of them. Are you saying that, say, somebody living in France that had an issue with one of the larger online platforms, it would be to to yourselves that they would make the complaint or do they go via their own national regulatory authority, a suite of
1: measures as part of our online safety toolkit. So there's the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act. And what we're doing with our first online safety code is largely transposing the Audiovisual Media Services Directive fully into Ireland. And so, yes, we have a, a, a memorandum of understanding with other EU media regulators, part of ARGA, so that if a, if a citizen in their country raises a complaint, they can pass the complaint on to us. Under the Digital Services Act, which we're also going to be charged with from February 2024, there will be a similar arrangement between all the different digital service coordinators um, for us to be able to handle complaints in relation to platforms established in Ireland. We're proposing to establish a contact centre in February of next year so that um, people, users, citizens can raise issues, the public can raise issues with us if they've any queries in relation to platforms and how best to make complaints. And in the meantime, we have a tab under the online safety part of our website where it guides users further in relation to this. But in the first instance, we'll be dealing with queries once our contact centre opens and then we will be looking at trends of types of complaints and issues that are coming to our attention and our compliance supervision and enforcement team will be looking at those trends to see if there is any particular further steps that should be taken by way of an investigation or otherwise. There will always be certain egregious or very serious matters of life and limb and safety and we'd say go to the law enforcement to the guards first in relation to those. But um, our contact centre and our complaint centre will then escalate those to us also for, for us to deal
0: with. And you've mentioned ERGA a couple of times. Can you tell our listeners, what do, what does ERGA stand for?
1: So ERGA is made up of the various different European media regulators, audiovisual regulators through, throughout Europe. And we are part of the ERGA group. Um, and that's why we're heading to Brussels to consult with them on our draft online safety code. And there's also going to be a similar group for the digital services coordinators throughout the EU. So there's one of those in each EU member states. And we're also going to be part of that group for the Digital Services Act. And then finally, Finally, we're part of the Global Online Safety and Regulators Network, where at a global level we we, um, have a cooperation arrangement with, for example, Ofcom in the UK, the Safety Commission in Australia, um, the South Koreans and South Africa. And we share information again to make ourselves aware of threat intelligence um, arising in the online space.
0: And is there good global cooperation in terms of, of your counterparts across across the world uh, uh, in this area?
1: Very much so. I suppose we're all very conscious that the Internet knows no borders. And whatever steps each of us are taking in a particular member state, the more aligned we can be, then the more proportionate it can be for the companies that we regulate to b- build it once. And we'll meet compliance across a number of different countries um, and also to ensure that we're, we're aligned in our approach as well.
0: And you mentioned, of course, online harm and and egregious issues being reported first to the the National Policing Authorities, uh, the, the Guardia. And obviously, sadly, as we're all too aware, following the recent riots in Dublin, some weeks ago, there has of course been a, a huge amount of discussion about the role that various social media platforms played in the incident. And I mean if you can, Neve, can you tell us a little bit about what was Man's initial concern regarding the incident and how platforms contributed to it and and what did you in Man do in, in relation to when, when this activated?
1: Sure, Noelle. Um, On Thursday afternoon of the 23rd of November, we were concerned in the aftermath of the um, horrific attack that took place outside of school in Barnell Square. We were concerned that imagery of videos uh, with the initial attack were being circulated online. And we were concerned that that would be distressing for the people involved and also could lead to the identification of the suspect. And we were also concerned that it could be used to incite hatred or, or violence online. Um, so, we engaged in the platforms in advance of the rights, warning them for the potential of incitement to hatred and violence, and they confirmed that they'd stood up instant response plans. We didn't anticipate it would lead to the uh, escalation of rights as it did lead to. So, later that evening, we contacted the European Commission, as the European Commission, since the end of August of this year, is the enforcer of the Digital Services Act in respect of very large. Platforms. So, very large platforms are those platforms that have more than 45 million active monthly users. And 13 out of the 19 very large online platforms have their MEA headquarters in Ireland. Um, So, while we will become the digital services coordinator in Ireland from February 2024, the European Commission is already on the pitch since the end of August of this year. So, we contacted the European Commission as the enforce of the Digital Services Act, um, as we did not have formal powers. The online safety code is not yet in place. As I said, from February will be the digital service coordinator. And we've since been designated a competent authority from TCOR, since uh, terrorism content online Regulations since the end of November. So the next day, Friday, the 24th of November, we met with the platforms together with the European Commission, uh, since the European Commission is already seized of jurisdiction in relation to the Digital Services Act. And we also met with the guards to offer assistance and we've been engaging since with the guards, the platforms and the European Commission on this. I think again important to note that riots, violent disorder, criminal damage, these are offences or matters of law enforcement in the initial instance for the guards and the uh, DPP. Our role together with the European Commission is to hold the platforms to account, particularly those that are established in Ireland. And once the code is in place, the code will require a prohibition in the terms and conditions of uploading and sharing of incitement to hatred and violence. Um, Similarly, the Digital Services Act prohibits illegal content. Whatever is illegal offline is also illegal online under the Digital Services Act. And once content is flagged, it will have to be removed swiftly. And as I said, we're consulting on preventing recommended feeds from amplifying illegal content. um, And that may also be of benefit in those instances. What we also did during that time is we did a further push on a Media Literacy Ireland campaign that we're part of in relation to disinformation. And that's stop, think and check. And I think it says it all. So again, we pushed that out at that time, too, because there was a a good deal of myths and disinformation circulating online that we're concerned about as well and that we wanted to address insofar as we
0: could. Were a Man in a place or in a position to say to the online platforms, you have to take down XYZ material or does that is that is that happening next year or, or how does that work?
1: So that would happen when we have our formal powers. So once the code is in place or and um, once services are designated, we could issue content limitation notices at that point in time. However, in general, the process under the code and indeed under the Digital Services Act is is for the public or the users to flag the illegal content for the platforms to, to address that flagging and make a decision in relation to that and to do so in a timely and efficient manner. So we'll be monitoring how the platforms deal with that. So again, we'd say please go to the platforms first and raise the issue with them and then bring it to us.
0: So everybody's first port of call really is to report it to the platforms first and then if they don't get a satisfactory response to what the, to their liking that they then have a, a final route of appeal to Commissioner man yes
1: and we will be scaling that up over time so first we'll be establishing the contact centre to deal with queries we'll be looking at trends if you like in relation to the types of complaints or platforms that are having a significant number of complaints and addressing those and it'll take us some time before we're in a position to be able to deal with individual complaints so what we'll be looking at next year is also establishing super complainants or nominated bodies um, who can raise complaints on behalf of a number of people with us And we'll also be um, accrediting trusted flaggers. So they will have, if you like, fast lanes in relation to uh, flagging content that's harmful. Um, And we will also then be looking at how best to roll out an individual complaints framework after that. There was an expert report on individual complaints from May 2022, and they recommended that first the online safety code will be enforced for a year to allow, if you like, at a systemic level, the reduction of harmful illegal content online before establishing an individual complaints framework.
0: So a busy agenda in a store. A busy agenda has. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned misinformation and disinformation, and of course, we in European Movement Ireland have have, be, have a, a really important new project on researching these topics. And how, um, Neve, can you tell me? Do do you see the role of Commission? You mentioned working with Media Literacy Ireland and, and we're very supportive of the incredibly important work that they're doing. But particularly in terms of the spreading of false, misleading or harmful information. How do you see your role in Commissionaman working with those uh, social media platforms to try to limit this spread? And you know, we even saw um on, on that Thursday uh we, we saw reports across international media that the that the Defence Forces were on the streets in Dublin and, you know, many things like this. Important to note at the outset that disinformation or misinformation
1: is not part of harmful or illegal content under the code or under um, the Digital Services Act. Under the Digital Services Act, disinformation is an area that the large platforms have to address by way of mitigation response to risk assessments. And there is a voluntary code of practice on disinformation currently in, in place, which may be put on a co-regulatory footing or a stronger grounding under the Digital Services Act in due course. In relation to the online safety code um, we are concerned about the amplification of harmful content online which could include misinformation or disinformation and we're currently consulting on how best to address this amplification of harmful content. We're also consulting on ensuring that the platforms produce a media literacy action plan where we can educate users on matters including disinformation across a a wide variety of of matters Um, and we're part of the National Counter Disinformation Strategy Working Group which is a cross section Group of NGOs, platforms, public bodies, government departments, and academics to try and tackle disinformation holistically. Education, I think, plays a large role here. Um, and as you mentioned, we're part of that media literacy Ireland campaign together with our other partners, asking people to stop, think, and check. Be sureing before sharing information they come across online. I think there's a role also of um, trusted sources of information, including, um, you know, high quality journalism, fact checkers and
0: also the public service media as well. Next year, we're going to have two referendums. We're going to have local elections and particularly from an EMR perspective. Of course, we're very interested and very alert and engaged with the fact that there will also be European Parliament elections. Can you tell us a little bit about what are your current preparations to ensure a safer online space For citizens to not only express their views safely in the build up to the elections, but also what is Kamesh Man going to try and do to, to monitor and address those sources of disinformation during election season? Is there a role for yourselves in that regard?
1: We will be working very closely with the electoral commission um in relation to, as you said, next year being such a huge year for elections globally, locally, nationally and at a European level together with our referenda. We'll be putting the online safety regime in place in Ireland next year. So that will be a mix of um, the online safety code. We'll be on the pitch for the Digital Services Act from February, and we're also now the competent authority from, for terrorist content online regulation also. So I think all of that, uh, all of those tools in our toolboxes will we'll work together in relation to that. We'll also be working closely with the European Commission, who is supervising the risk assessment and mitigation efforts of the largest platforms, which can cover negative impacts of disinformation and misinformation and our draft code also proposes in relation to advertising that it be clearly labeled as such so sometimes particular posts can appear and they're not it's not evident always that they are also linked to advertising but it's certainly we're preparing currently our work program for 2024 and and that's certainly one of our priority areas next year in light of the importance of the number of elections that we're having here in this country and, and wider
0: Is that something you're going to be working with very closely with your fellow regulators, uh, you know, not only at an EU level, but at a a global level? Because of, as you mentioned, um, I think it's it's uh, two billion people will be going to the polls and going to participate in the, well, we hopefully democratic process of elections across the globe. So how do we ensure from a regulatory perspective that people have access to free and fair information and can express their views, whilst also safeguarding against false and misleading information and, and, and harm harmful information.
1: Yes, yeah, so we're part of the Global Online Safety Regulators Network, and that's regularly a topic on our agendas um, and, and also as part of the digital service coordinators group that will also be addressed there and through ERGA as well. We're very conscious of that also.
0: And do you feel, Neve, it's a challenge to get that balance right? I always think, you know, in terms of the balancing free speech, whilst uh, obviously ensuring the need to prevent false information. Is there a challenge as a regulator to draw a line and, and get the balance right? Absolutely. Um. Uh, as a regulator, we're very conscious of the
1: importance of free speech for a democracy, particularly such as Ireland and um, that's why mis- and disinformation it isn't a form of harmful or illegal content under the Code um, or an illegal form of content under the Digital Services Act. Now disinformation that excites hatred or violence would be, but disinformation misinformation on its own is not Um, I think freedom of expression it's it's one of our rights enshrined in the constitution but it's not unlimited even in the constitution it has to be balanced against other rights and particularly has to be taken into account in relation to the security of the state and sedition also so freedom of expression is very important um, so when we looked at the types of harmful content and illegal content to form part of our first code it was for that reason we stuck very close to the legislation so the legislature has decided what types of harmful and illegal content should be dealt with in our first online safety code. So we looked at Section 139A of the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act, which sets out types of harmful and uh, uh, content to be dealt with. And we also looked at Article 28B of the Audiovisual Media Services Directive, where the European Commission, together with Council and Parliament, decided what type of content should be covered. So it was very much... We're not making the decision in relation to that. We stuck closely to the legislation and we also listened to what people told us should be covered by those um, in response to our call for inputs that we ran over the summer where people raised issues they were most concerned about.
0: And just in terms of Ireland's approach in, in establishing Man, do you see that as being a template or a role model for providing a path for media reform in other countries? You know, what, what aspects of our legislation here um, or the strategies it aims to address? Do you think they, there could be relevance to other countries? or Because are we one of the, the newest uh, kids on the block? Yes, there are only a handful of members of
1: the Global Online Safety Regulators Network, for example. Um, so it, it is a it is a new and burgeoning area across the world. Um, we do have a broad remit at Commission No Man, which makes us all very inspired and motivated to carry it out. International engagement is a huge part of our work. Also, as I mentioned, we're off to Brussels tomorrow to consult with the European Commission and the other EU audiovisual media regulators on the draft online safety code. And we're part of EPRA and ARGA. Um, as well as we will be part of the Digital Service Coordinators Group. So we entered into an administration agreement with the European Commission under the Digital Services Act. It's sort of like a proto-cooperation agreement in relation to the Digital Services Act. And we're a founding member of that Global Online Safety Regulators Network, which we joined in May. Um, In terms of could our approach be used in other countries... I think increasingly in various countries, there is a focus on safety and online safety in, in, in particular. And so we may see more online safety regulators across the globe.
0: And you mentioned, uh, Neave that the 13 of the 19 uh, large platforms are headquartered in Ireland. That that must be a huge amount of work for you and your colleagues in Commons in comparison to, to, to other countries Yes, um, it's very important to
1: note though that in relation to those very large online platforms and very large online search engines the European Commission plays an important enforcement role in relation to those as well as ourselves as the country um, of of origin or country of establishment Um, so 13 yes out of the 19 large platforms have their EMEA headquarters here in Ireland and so we've quite a privileged position to be able to meet with those um, and to understand all the steps they're already taking in relation to online safety and how they're going to build on those going forward in light of the online safety code and the Digital Services Act. Um, we also have the privilege and that's why we entered into an administration agreement with the European Commission because we think it's very important that we work hand in glove with the European Commission uh, to the benefit of all EU citizens in relation to online safety and the Digital Services Act. And are you getting good cooperation from the platforms and the Commission? Is there good collaboration? There's certainly good engagement between the platforms and the European Commission, but engagement and cooperation are not necessarily the same things as compliance. So that will be assessed in, in due course.
0: That's a, a, a really good regulatory <laughs> response there, Neve. Thank you for that. That's fantastic, Neve. I think you've given us a, a whistle-stop tour of some of the really important work that you and your colleagues in Qamish manner are, are involved in and the incredibly hectic and chock-a-block agenda you have in store for yourself uh, next year and and the years ahead. If I was to put you on the spot and say, you know, what's the favorite aspect of your of your job? One thing I was thinking about actually preparing for
1: this is how it, you know, what would success look like to me in, in two years time? Um, and I think that probably is the, where I would get the biggest kick. So at the moment, um, we're putting in place the build, basic building blocks for regulation, if you like, and we'll be doing that for this year and for next year as well. And once those basic building blocks of regulation are in place, then we can start to deliver on public value, which is so important for us. So this year, the basic building blocks of regulation for me are designating the services for regulation and development the Online Safety Code. We recently established a youth advisory committee and we're going to consult on them on the draft Online Safety Code later this month in December and again in January. It's very important because we're not digital natives. so We need to hear from the youth themselves and the bodies that represent them so that we can take on board their views in relation to to online harms and measures needed to, to protect them. So having those basic building blocks in place as well for complaint handling which we discussed, super complaint scheme, setting up the contact centre and commencing the framework for individual complaints that's really important to me as well and then the compliance framework so starting to establish the compliance framework so that the platforms are being supervised we're getting to safety by design that the self-regulation era has moved over
0: to effective regulation they, they, that for me would be what success would look like having looked back. OK, so when we get you back here in two years, we can do a report card check in then. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds good. Make <laughs> me accountable. <laughs> exactly. No, great stuff. Well, Niamh, listen, my last my last less hard question, but it's one that we ask everybody. Your favourite European destination? That's very easy. My favourite European destination has got to be Brussels. So I compl- Really on brand.
1: Thank really you. Really <laughs> on brand. Um, I completed a stage at the European Commission Legal Service and I stayed on working as a solicitor in Brussels in, in a large law firm for my formative year. So my first six years after qualification as a solicitor. I always enjoy returning, catching up with old friends and colleagues and I'm looking forward to heading back over tomorrow for a few days, as I said, to consult with the European Commission and the other EU media regulators on our draft online safety
0: code but hopefully also to get to visit the Grand Place which is always very Christmassy at this time of year. And check out the Christmas markets as well. Absolutely. Very good. Well, Neve Hodnett, a big thank you to you for being our fantastic guest today and joining us on European Movement Ireland's Just the Chats podcast. As always, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to our episode of Just the Chats. You can, of course, listen back to all of our podcasts to date and to find out more about what European Movement Ireland is up to, our events, our engagements, and all our activities, projects and programmes available on our website, europeanmovement.ie and across all all of our social media channels. Until the next time on Just the Chats, slånga fall.